0: Past few weeks, we've been talking about five things to live by. Last week, we talked about wake up and worship, living a life of worship. This week, we are going to be talking about just passing through. Um, the previous week, we talked about prayer, which was knock, knock, who's there, um, figuring out how we. Communicate with God. So, the next five weeks we will be talking about pray, live, tell, serve, and give. And today we are talking about tell. So, let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must come to your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw and began to mutter, He is gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and I have cheated anybody out of anything. I will pay back four times the amount Jesus said to him. Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. So, anyways, how many of y'all have ever been to a spooky place? Spooky, spooky. What is the spookiest place you've ever been to? Haunted house, maybe? Um, your basement in the middle of the night when it's dark and gloomy and the full moon's out and you see the black cat run across? The church at night is really, really, really scary. It is very, very creepy church at night when the lights are out. I've came across a few times because I've forgotten something. And I'm like, Rachel, will you go with me? Because I'm so scared. But anyway, um, but what about a graveyard at night? That is very, very scary. When I was a little boy... I was probably in the third grade. And I went over to my friend's house for his birthday party. And his birthday party was a sleepover, a spend the night. We got to spend the night and all that cool stuff. But we decided that we were going to be adventurous. And so we were, you know, Curious George or whatever. He had a graveyard right by his house, which I thought was really cool. And it was fenced in. Okay, it wasn't in the middle of the of the night, but it was like in mid-afternoon, and we decided that we were going to go on the adventure. We were going to go sketch tombstones, because that was a cool thing to do when I was in third grade. So we were going to sketch tombstones, and we sketched, we we got to the graveyard, we had our pencils and paper ready to go sketch, and all of a sudden, there was this car, and we ran the other way because old man's like,
1: "What are y'all doing?
0: What are you doing? What are you doing?" I was like, um, "We're running home. That's what we're doing." So anyway, but how many of y'all know what is on a tombstone? What what is usually on a tombstone? What the name of the person usually on a tombstone? Probably the R.I.P. Rest in Peace. Usually they have a message that says, you know, this person was a good person or. This person gave a lot of money to charity, or, you know, Wally was a great father, or Wally was this. Um, the birth date, usually you have a birth date, and then you have a a death date. That's right, a birth date and a death date. But tonight, I want to talk about probably the most important thing on a tomb. And it's the little dash in between. Because you know what? We all have a birthday. And we're all going to have a death day. But we have the dash. The dash is, when you look at the dash, it's, it's all about the important things that you do. The good, you know. It's your, whenever you're born and you went, wah, 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 in your mommy's uh, arms. Or um, that that first cake, you know, chocolate cake all over your face, you know, all that. Or, um, you know, your, your happy childhood when you got to go to the playground and do all that fun stuff, the fun memories of your childhood. The, the teenage years, you know, getting to do cool stuff like come to CYM, come to church, and go hang out with your friends, and, and go to those cool things that you do. Um, all your failures, in the dash, all your regrets, all your opportunities that you miss. You know? So that that's sort of the pathway. The pathway is from death. You know, you go from life to death. See, your 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 life is a passage right now between two days. Okay? I don't really want you to think about like 20 years later, whenever you're married and you have kids and all that stuff. I want you to focus on your your pathway or your passage which is your school year. Now, I want you to focus on some of y'all are seniors. It's your last hurrah in school. Or some of you are just you know, 8th graders, 7th graders in the room. Um, you're just going through middle school, and maybe the last years of your middle school, or or some of you might have three or four years left of school, but you only have this one moment, this one chance, this one dash, this school year. 2009, 2010 school year, you have this one dash. And Tonight, I want to talk to you about that dash. See, the Bible says, you know, Jesus' ministry was only three years. You think that's not really a long time? I mean, he lived on the earth for thirty-three years. His ministry, though, was only three years. He impacted a whole world in three years. Some of y'all that, you know, maybe as much time as you have to through school. Um, Some of you, it may be longer. But in John 17, 12, it says, While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that the Scripture would be fulfilled. So if you could write something on Jesus' tombstone, you'd probably say, you know what? He protected people. He um, did great things. Um, no one was lost except the one that decided that he wanted to be doomed himself. Um, so I pose to you, are you reaching people as you pass through? There are a few things that I want you to understand about lost people. Don't I? Okay? Lost people are in search of spiritual things. You know, they're in search of spiritual things. They want to, to have spiritual things in your life. In fact, let's look back at, at Zacchaeus. In John 4.35, it says, Do you not say four months... Well, actually, this is not Zacchaeus. This is talking about lost people in the Bible. Jesus said in John 4.35, Do you not say four months more and then the harvest... I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Any other words? There are lost people right now. In your
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Any other words? You know, there are lost people all around you. The Bible says the harvest field is plentiful. You know what? The harvest is ready. You know, there's people that are lost. People in our community, people that you're friends with people in your schools that are lost, Um, you know, the Bible says that Zacchaeus was a lost person. You know, your lost friends are interested in spiritual things. You know, when we think, when we look at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. How many of y'all pay taxes? Any of you have a job Maybe you pay taxes or... All of y'all pay If You go buy something at the store, you have to pay a sales tax. You know, but in the Bible days, a tax collector was like the chief of all sinners. It was like the worst thing to be because tax collectors were crooked. They stole from you. They They took extra percentages so they could go spend it on what they wanted to spend it on. So they were like the chief of sinners. They were like the murderers and robbers and and you know think about the worst person that you could ever think of. You know, that would pretty much be a tax collector. A tax collector would be you know, just a bad, bad person. You know, a few weeks back I talked about Paul, which was Saul, and he was a murderer. You know, and I would pretty much call him probably one of the baddest dudes in the Bible just because he was such an extremist. He was so extreme. He he would murder Christians. He would just out and kill them. And then God changed his life, and Saul became Paul, and he wrote one-third of the New Testament. So, you know, there was a person in my life, and he discipled me. I went to a thing called Master's and I don't know if you all know anything about Master's Commission, but the first year there's no dating, so me and Rachel didn't date our first year, just to make that clear. Uh, what? I really liked her, but I couldn't do anything about it. But, um, anyway, I went to Master's Commission, and my director's name was Mark Brewer. And Mark came from quite a background. He came from Pastor Steve and, well, it's not Pastor Steve, it's Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott, all these S's, Pastor Scott and a bunch of people would go to Applebee's after church and and go talk to Mark. Every week, they would just go and talk to Mark, you know, go eat, hang out, you know, wouldn't get anything to drink, per se, but they would just hang out. And say, you know, you need, you really need to come check out the Oaks Fellowship. You really need to come check out Oak Cliff Assembly of God. You know, it's a great place for you to be. And da 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 da. And and Mark was always like, no, that's not for me. Y'all, you know, I like drinking. I like getting drunk. I like living high. You know, I'm cool like that. I don't, I don't want anything to do with your Christian stuff. So, you know, they finally had a friend day, or something like that. And, you know, they said, well, we're having a friend day at the church. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, will you just come? I said, okay. So um, I guess they went and picked him up. I may not be getting all the facts right. But they went and got him and brought him to church. And that day, he got saved. That day... As people were just living their life, passing through life, witnessing to to Mark Brewer and witnessing to him, he came to know Christ. Once he came to know Christ, he became a, a disciple of Christ. And after he became a disciple, he now disciples, I don't know, he's probably a disciple of close to, I would say, around a thousand people by now. Just with how many lives he's impacted. So, you know, I would I would call Mark probably not the easiest guy to approach. If I was going to ask somebody to come to God, I don't think I would talk to Mark Brewer. i would probably be a chicken butt, just because, you know, I mean, he's just stacked. I mean, you know, you think Nathan Kalita has muscles? I mean, no, he doesn't have muscles. Compared to Mark Brewer, he has nothing. He's like, you know... He's almost like clay. Clay, I'm like scared of. Because he's just he's huge. You know? And, but the Bible says, you know, we should witness to anybody and everybody. Um, and, you know, the point of this passage of scripture about in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in that way, we so no longer. In other words, don't decide to witness or witness based on what you see on the outside. That's you know, sort of like you can't, can't judge a book by its cover. Have ever heard that? can't, can't judge a book by its cover. You, know, you really can't judge whether somebody's ready to meet God or not by their outside appearance. They may be rough. They may be homeless. They may not have the right clothes on. They may stink. You know, in Arkansas, I dealt with a lot of stinky people. You know, they, they may not have the fancy clothes and, and all the cool stuff and all the cool gadgets. But you know what? You can't base what you see on the outside on whether somebody is ready to come see Christ or not. So the first thing that we have to realize is lost people are interested in spiritual things. They're interested, they, they want to know about spiritual things. The second thing is people are hindered in their ability to see Jesus as he truly is. See, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Even though lost people are hungry for spiritual things, you know what? The devil does a good job of blinding them. The devil does a good job of letting them believe what they want to believe. You know, they, the, the, the devil is a pretty good devil. You know, there's a new I don't know if it's really a new religion or not but there's a new thing going around it's called the secret I don't know if y'all have heard of this or not I just read about it two days ago anyway, secret and what it is, it's this religion and what you do is you just believe positive things so if you if you think that you going to be a supermodel and walk down the runway and be all cool, then you know what? You're going to be a supermodel because you're going to think about that. You're going to dwell on that because you can do it in yourself. Or maybe you're going to be like, what's his name, Phelps, that, that swims and has all the gold medals. You're going to be an Olympic star and you're going to have all the medals because you just think positive thoughts. You know, and the Bible, I even talked last week about how we should dwell on good things. I don't know if y'all remember my message last week, but that was one of my points, was dwell, my last point was dwell on good things. You know what? What the devil does, is he twists it. He says, well, you should dwell on good things, and, and everything's going to be all right, because, you know what? You, me, no God included, can do it all on your own. Because you are Fabio. I don't know what my deal is with Fabio, but anyways, you have the muscles, you have the 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 right trainers, you can do everything on your own. You don't need God. You you know. So that's sort of what this new religion, or I don't know how new it is, but the secret is called. And you might be saying, I've heard people say, Well, you know what, Pastor John? What's the big deal? Okay? What? Who, who cares what religion you are? You know, who cares if you're a Mormon, if you're doing good stuff, you know, what's the big deal? You know, is that not real? Is that not, you know, cool? Is that not, you know, they help many poor people all across the world. The Mormons do sometimes better works than even the Christians do. You know, and, you know what, it's sort of like this, if I gave you a counterfeit dollar, ok, ok, a dollar is not probably going to do a lot, so, you know what, let's give you maybe a counterfeit hundred dollar bill, no, maybe not, ok, let's say I gave you a counterfeit million dollars, ok? But this counterfeit money, okay, it would pass as regular currency. You know, nobody would ever know that it was counterfeit. It would just be fake money, but you would be able to use it. You'd be able to do good things with it, right? You'd be able to build an orphanage for all those poor little hopeless children that don't have a place to live. You would be able to um, buy your best friend that Lamborghini that, he or she always wanted. You'd be able to build your mom and dad a big house because you love your mom and dad. That's right. If you're listening on the podcast, we love you, mom and dad. Um, If you you could do a lot of good things. There's still one problem. It's not real. The money is not real. So it's fake. Just because Just because people think that they're doing good things and they they have a religious tag on them and they do good things doesn't make them real. What, What sets us apart as Christians is we serve a real God, right? He sent a real son named Jesus to die a real death. Right? Okay, well, that's fine. Everybody died. You know, even Buddha died, and Muhammad died, and all that other... You know, all those other people died, so what's... You know. Well, the difference between all of them and us is that our our God lives. You know, our real Jesus rose from the dead. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. See... In Romans ten fourteen, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So, you know, if you do not preach the gospel to your lost friends, how are they ever going to know? If you don't say something while you're at your locker, how are they ever going to know or why you're in the locker room or or why you're hanging out with them, you know? And I have a cool, I don't know if it's cool or not, but it's a tool, okay? So this tool I learned in Master's Commission, another thing. Um, But you can use it while you're passing through, just going through everyday life. All you really need is a pencil or a pen, and usually you can find those anywhere and a piece of paper. You know, surely you can find a receipt or something in your wallet or, you know, that that business card that you really don't need or whatever. But, you know what? It all starts... This is a tool that I'm going to show you tonight. It all starts with you. Okay? You and God. Okay? And God has an awesome plan for your life. He wants you to, you know in the Bible it says that he wants you to live a full life. A life overflowing. A life just full of great stuff and good stuff. You know? But you, as a man, have a problem. Okay? And your problem is this thing called a gap. There's a gap between you and God. Okay? And... You know what that gap is? The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned. We've all fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23 it says for the wages of our sin is death. Okay? So, this is you over here. Smiley, Willie, George, or whatever your name is. And you're over here and God is over here and this, this problem Three-letter words separate you from God. It's S-I-N, sin. You know, and God wants you to have this full life. He wants you to do incredible things and, and just do awesome things. And But you know what? The sin separates you. The sin is in your gap. And you're like, how in the world is Willie... Get to God. How does George get to God? I don't know. This big, huge gap. So, you and God. But the Bible says that in the way that you saw the problem is you asked Jesus into your heart. It says in Romans ten nine and 10 that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that Christ raised from the dead, we will be saved. So all we have to do is ask and receive. So, and it says that in John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what happened was Jesus died on a cross. Because he died on the cross, Willie can now this is Willie over here. Willie. Not not Willie the well, but Willie. Willie can now cross over and meet God. Because Jesus died on the cross for the for. for his sins. So, that's just a tool that you could use to talk to your friends about Christ. You know, I, I think that part of my job as a pastor is to equip you. I know it's sort of a silly picture, but you'll be amazed at how people react if they can actually see what's going on realize that there is a gap between them and God. They may not have even thought about it like that. They may have just thought, oh, God's way up in the sky. He just sort of, you know, I don't know. My, my niece was telling me last week that, you know, whenever whenever it thunders, God is bowling, you know, and whatever. But, you know, but on a, on a more serious note, you know, this is where we all were. We were all over here and we were separated from God. There's nothing that we could have done in our own strength, in our own power, and our own ability, and our own intellect, and in our own knowledge, except for him sending his one and only son to die on the cross and us asking him into our hearts. So the first thing that we have to realize is that lost people are interested in spiritual things. The second thing is, you know what, the devil hinders lost people from knowing Christ because he tries to blind them. The third thing is relationships. If they are going to grow into a mature relationship as a Christian, they're going to have to have a relationship. See, it's funny I think that Jesus said, You know what, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree, let me go to your house today. Let me hang out with you. Let me let me come and eat some grub at your house. You know, I I find that sort of funny to me that you know Jesus, out of all people, would say, You know what, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. I want to come hang out with you. You may be the chief of sinners. You may be the dirtiest scumbag that I know, but you know what, I'm going to come right where you're at, and I want to be your friend, I just want to be your friend, I want to I wanna just be with you, I just want to hang out with you, no strings attached, no, 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 no gimmick, no anything, I just want to hang out with you, you know what? that's what people want from your life because sometimes the only Jesus that they see is the Jesus that's in you you know they hang out with you they they're gonna they're gonna hang out with you they're gonna come over to your house and spend the night or they're gonna go watch a movie with you you know what movie are you gonna go watch Jesus actually lives inside of you so what 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 are you gonna let your little eyeball see. No, 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 no. Anyways, you know, what, what are you going to really say? When you get angry, when you miss that three point shot at the end of the game and you blow the game, how are you going to react? You're going to react when your lock on your locker won't open and it frustrates you. You know, you're going to just punch it or. You know, you, you have a choice at that point. You, you have a choice whether you're going to truly put on Jesus. You know, I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You know, you got to choose to put on Jesus and then you got to be disciplined. I hate that word. Disciplined to carry it out throughout the whole day. No matter what's going on in your life. So, you know my my challenge for you tonight is I want y'all to think of five people. Maybe you don't know five, but at least one person that is lost. Hand up for me. But five people. Maybe they're in your school. Maybe you're their you're you're their friends. Maybe they're your next-door neighbor. Maybe, you know, they're an old person. They're that old lady that that lives next door that gets on your nerves, that, you know, yells at their dog or cat. Maybe it's that that scummy person that you see at Walmart checking you out. Or maybe it's the cart pusher. Uh, Maybe it's whoever. You know... But let's just face it, we only have a dash. We only have a dash of time. We only have, we're born and then we die. And the dash is the in-between. You know, what, what, are, what are we going to make with the dash? You know, I. hopefully you'll have pins. I don't know. If you don't, maybe I have some. But anyways, what are you going to do with the dash? What are you going to do with the dash? That's my question. If you need a pen, there's some for you. Um, but, you know, you, you... Five people. Five people. See, this would be an idle opportunity. We're, we're having a volleyball and cookout. You know, it would be a pretty non threatening way to invite people to come hang out with us. We're just going to eat some hot dogs, eat some grub, you know, play some sand volleyball, be friends. You have opportunities. Some of, I mean, I think y'all go back to school, what, three weeks, some of you? Some of you go back to school like Monday. You know, some four weeks, some three weeks. You know, some of us, not at all. Praise Jesus, I'm out of school. Just thought I'd rub it in. But, I want you to think of those five people. If you could hit some music. Five. Five up. Um.
1: might not be able
0: to think of your five people right now but you can't take it home with you think over it you know you may have to wait till you get to school and meet some new people this verse one more time, and then I'm going to pray for you all, okay? Romans 10.14 says, How then can they call on the one they do not believe in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you've given me this opportunity to Talk to these youth members about the lost, Lord. God, I know that the lost are dear to your heart. Now, I, God, I pray right now that we would have our eyes open, God, as we go back to school, as as we go out in our in the community and the things that we do, God, whatever we're doing, God, as we're passing through life, Lord, God, help help us to live it to the fullest. God, help people to see the Jesus in us, Lord. God, as we've written down five people, God, help us to focus on building friendships and relationships with, that, with those five people. Whether it's an elderly person or whether that's a, another teenager or anything like that, God, I pray right now that, God, you would just open up doors of opportunity Lord, for us. Whether that's in the locker room, whether that's at our locker at school, whether that's in the groceries. Guys, we're just passing through. As we're going through life, help us to make make the most of every opportunity, God, because the days are easy. The goal of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy, but the goal of you is to to give us life and give us life to the fullest, God. Help us to tell others about you. God. Thank you for this tonight. Thank you for what you're doing this series, five things to live by God. Help us to, to pray, help us to live, help us to tell, help us to give, and help us to serve God. Everything that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen. Alright. Hang out for about five minutes.
1: I feel our killing, killing, but my hands will clench to yours when it seems like This is the end. So how did you pass the love of Christ? How did you brought your whole